0: You're listening to Inside the Athletic Mind with your hosts, Taylor Cook and Lauren Williams. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Athletic Mind, where we dig deep and shed light on the mental side of sports for female athletes and coaches by having open conversations about mental health, mindset, and performance. Hello, everybody. I am sorry for the delay. We had some technical difficulties yesterday in terms of getting the episode up, just because uh, my laptop my laptop screen decided to give out on me yesterday. So uh, it's Thursday, so better late than never. And this week, we're talking all about team dynamics and. Really, there's no better time to be talking about team dynamics right now because everybody's season is just getting underway. Um, I personally have just started playing with a new team, and we're just getting to know everybody over the past week. And of course, Lauren, um, she is working with a brand new Division One women's hockey program where they have 18 freshmen. Um, so today, we're talking all about the importance of creating a positive environment and creating a good culture within the team um, so everybody can learn to like work together and thrive within that culture. And we also do get a little bit into the leadership side as well. And like what it means to be a leader, because whenever we do talk about leadership, we tend to think of a role, you know, like CEO, captain, assistant, that kind of thing. Um, But we do talk about the importance of just showing up and being a leader in your own skin. That doesn't mean that you have to have a C or an A on your jersey, but rather it's about the behaviors that you choose to partake in every single day. And as always, if you are enjoying the podcast or if you like this episode, please go ahead and leave us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify. This is going to help the podcast grow and reach more athletes just like yourself. But before we get into today's episode, we want to take a moment to thank our partner Flowcode. As elite athletes, we know that in order to get into our peak state of performance, it requires that we get into flow. But most athletes experience flow by accident and not on purpose. With the Flow Hub 7 biohack portal, you get access to an array of different flow techniques with their flow lessons, triggers, and programs. And you can stop leaving your game to chance and elevate your game by purposely getting into flow. Sign up today by going to www.theflowhub.com and get 10% off your subscription using the code IAM10. That's I am 10 in all caps at theflowhub.com welcome back everybody we're here for another week of good times here in the locker room inside the athletic minds Lou how's it going over there with Stonehill with coaching with all of the new adventures you are embarking on
1: I was gonna say we're in like a very virtual international locker room right now aren't we
0: (laughs) extremely yes
1: Um, no but things are things are going well Uh, it's a little chaotic but I don't think that I'm expecting it to never be just a tad chaotic because that's what happens when you get, you know, including coaches, uh 25 individuals mm-hmm. with 25 agendas trying to get it down to one agenda. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's good. How are you doing? I know we talked about this a little bit, but for those who don't know, Taylor's back on the pro hockey train and just played <laughs>
0: four games in 48 hours which I'm still hung up on (laughs) uh yeah I think my body and my brain are also still hung up on the fact that I was able to actually pull through um I'm I'm gonna be honest after the third game I quite literally thought to myself like how am I gonna be able to play another 45 minutes of hockey luckily there were only (laughs) 15 minute periods but still like you think two days of 45 45 45
1: 45 it's just oh yeah i was gonna exhausting. say remind your folks she's a goalie and she doesn't have a goalie partner
0: <laughs> yeah running solo so if anybody is uh interested in playing uh, overseas they're a goalie they got what it takes and uh hit me up we need a backup goalie for sure um oh for gosh. weekends like this weekend but you know it, i mean overall it was definitely um a good way to jumpstart the system and get back into the, the groove of playing of course, but um, it's also very challenging when you have a team of 11 skaters as well. So that is definitely part of the puzzle piece here. Like we were playing against teams who had like 15 to 20 people on their roster and we still managed to like keep them close games. I think all except one, but that was our first game playing together. We ended up losing like four, one, there was, oh my god there was like three backdoor plays that were odd man rushes oh. i was I was like okay guys we have to pay attention to this because this is the third time now <laughs> i can't save every backdoor play
1: three other girls are looking to the translator like what did she just say
0: <laughs> yeah yeah keep in mind most of the girls on the team speak russian so it's an adjustment for sure. And I think it's no better time for us to have this discussion about team dynamics and creating a solid foundation of like team and the culture within the team in order to, like you said, you know, have 25 individuals or I guess in, in my case, 11 individuals, but bring them from those those uh individual tasks and bring them all into one one goal yeah. for the entire team. It's, uh, I mean,
1: yeah, I I think it's like a really pointed time for both of us to talk about it, but I don't think that the team dynamic, which basically we're talking about relationships. I don't think that we address it enough as coaches, as people that play team sports. Um, and we had a whole meeting yesterday or not yesterday on, oh my God, the days are blurring together.
0: (laughs) So it begins. Um,
1: And so it begins, um, Saturday, we had the girls try something new, got them out of their comfort zone. Um, we had a boxing coach come in Mm -hmm. and teach them some fundamentals of boxing, like the footwork, the different combinations, all that kind of stuff. Um, but before that we had them all come in for, you know, a 45 minute meeting to talk about culture. And I think that's a, a word that gets thrown around a lot in team sport environments right because we all know what it is like the culture is the environment that you create the standards that you have the values that you want to uphold all of that stuff makes up culture but we're sitting there and we're talking about all these things and talking about building trust and and you know being good people to each other even if you know you're not best friends with everybody and I just kept thinking like this is all about relationships. This has nothing to do with the sport that we play or the goals that we set for ourselves or for us as a team. All of it was about relationships. We sp- we basically spent an hour talking about how to build relationships, how you deteriorate good relationships, how you get off on the wrong foot sometimes with certain relationships and how you can fix that and how like culture ultimately impacts your ability to start forming relationships it was it was quite interesting and I think that they didn't see that conversation going that way at least initially but
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it's it's so important to talk about because you know athletes human beings
0: one might outweigh the other (laughs) uh yeah I would say so but it's like It is such an important thing to talk about. And I wish that this was something that, you know, our coaches had conversations with us about, because I mean, like I was saying earlier, this is unfortunately a topic where we've just kind of had to figure it out as we go along, as you get the skin in the game, as you have the experience and you start to realize, okay, like, I can't be acting this way because you know, this is how it looks, or this is how it makes other people feel, or like, this is what somebody else is doing. This is how it's making me feel. Maybe it makes someone else feel excluded or unliked. And like, you don't need that sort of vibe, let's say on, on any sort of team at all. Um, So like making sure that we're addressing the importance of like, okay, yeah, we're, we're all individuals, right. But we're all human beings. And We all have unique differences that make us who we are. And, you know, what? you don't have to be friends with everybody. That's not what being a team is about, but it's about supporting one another, even when times are tough. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, but like, let's get real, though. I mean, I'm thinking back to playing juniors and joining a new team when I was going into 11th grade, which in the women's hockey world is like prime scouting exposure, Like, how the hell are you supposed to make friends with people where you're all competing to get looks from coaches, to have conversations from coaches, when you're literally keying in on who coach is going up to after a game to say, hey, so-and-so is here to talk to you. Hey, so-and-so is here to talk to you, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it's not easy. And I feel like especially women, we get pitted against each other and thrown into this ring of competition as if there aren't enough opportunities for everybody. But the same conversation happens now in college. It's, Oh, well, she's on first line or starting goalie and I'm not. Mm -hmm. And how do I have a relationship with somebody who has something that I want?
0: Yeah. You know, and it's actually, it's funny that you say that because my perspective at that age was completely different Mm -hmm. because I was playing for like a no-name team pretty much for a long time, right? Like I wasn't playing PW until after I graduated high school. And that's when I got mm. the recognition and I got asked to go and try out with Stony Creek. So, I mean, I was just some nobody coming in and I was just like, Hey, cool. I get an opportunity to play with this, uh, this really great organization. Right. So mm. I came in thinking like, wow, I get to to play with all of these other great players. Like this is great. I didn't have high expectations for myself. And I didn't expect anybody else to like, see me as like some, some great goaltender or anything like that. Like my, my expectation was to just go in and work hard and have a good time. So I think because I came from a very different perspective, I didn't have any of that, like animosity between me and my goalie partner. Like I didn't have it, but I know she did at that time and like, shout out to her because she's great goaltender, like for sure. But like, because she was so set on, like, she wanted to be starting goalie, like she'd been in the organization longer, you know, she's been there. She's the veteran goalie. Like she should be getting the playing time. Like, and you know what, like maybe that's a conversation that we should be having too like the whole idea of like rookie versus veteran and stuff. But, um, what I'm trying guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, it's also more than just relationships it's also about the perspective that you have going into those relationships as well.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, it's it's so interesting. I wish I would have had that kind of perspective as a younger athlete where like, I also felt like a like I was moving from Windsor to Toronto, right? So from small town to big town, especially in women's hockey. Mm-hmm. There's just not a lot of women's hockey in Windsor. And then I moved to hockey Mecca, where, you know, you're you go from I always describe it as like, big fish, tiny pond to minnow in an ocean and I was terrified I was like oh my god what happens if I'm not good enough what happens if this happens what happens if I make a mistake and then I get somehow like cut from the team or I'm not allowed to play anymore or whatever and it's that scarcity mindset thinking right that often fuels so much of this stuff mm-hmm. but I didn't know to call it that back then and I also didn't Like I had such a good, maybe protective system in place in terms of making sure that nobody knew I was having that inner battle. Mm -hmm. My relationships were fine. There were times where they were strained because I was so in my own head about everything else. But I made sure that I was like outwardly, how can I be a good teammate despite the conversation that's going on in my head? But regardless of whether you're doing that or not, it is weighing on you in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And it's not allowing you to be your true self in those relationships, which people can tell. People have great BS meters when it comes <laughs> to, is this person being genuine? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And maybe the interpretation for me wasn't like, oh, this she's not being genuine. What an a-hole. It's like, She's not being genuine, like what's going on there. (laughs) And the best teams function because of the relationships that they have. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that the best teams, everybody's best friends. That's not the case at all. I've heard of great teams functioning where people really don't like each other. Mm -hmm. They're just not compatible human beings. But they respect each other enough to know that, like, hey, this person's gonna show up and play hard and
0: I'm gonna do the same because we're on the same team. And I think that's one of the words that we're looking for. One of those key words is respect. And mm-hmm. you know, like respect goes a hell of a long way in sports, a hundred percent. I mean, in my first year, there were a pair of girls who were, I believe, veterans at the time, and didn't know until I graduated that they hated one another, like, and hates a strong word. Like, I don't like to use that word, but it's like, when someone told me that I was like, are you serious? Or like, yeah, like they did not like each other at yeah. all, but I never would have known if that person had not told me that. And the reason mm. I didn't know is because they had enough respect for one another and for the team to make sure that they set aside those differences because at the end of the day, it's only going to cause problems within that team dynamic, right? So yeah. making sure that we set aside those differences within our teams so we can come together as one and and like you said go towards the one common goal, which is obviously like to to have a good environment and to make sure that we're doing the best we can each individually to mm-hmm. to move towards like whether it's like winning that championship or maybe it's like you know winning the court or whatever that whatever that series is for you um but yeah the respect is such an important piece of the puzzle quickly followed by if not led by trust yeah yeah
1: and i think you can look at trust in like a smaller scale relationship to relationship Mm -hmm. but i think you can also look at it as like the team as a whole right Mm -hmm. um and we've used rowing a lot as an analogy for teamwork and i personally believe that rowing might be like the ultimate team sport because of the level of trust that has to exist between every single person on that team mm-hmm. because whether you're you know the the coxswain who's calling out direction and calling out pace Or if you're in the number one seat or the number eight seat, it doesn't matter where you're sitting in the boat. Are there perceived like better positions in a rowing boat? Yeah, there are. But if you have one person who's not pulling their weight, it impacts the entire team. It throws everybody off. If you have one person who tries to do too much, it does the exact same thing right so like every single person in the boat has a job to do and I think it maps on to like hockey really well in terms of from shift to shift hockey's not a sport where you can have one person play lights out and it changes a game like it's it's just because they have to take shifts so Mm -hmm. they get off the ice and then it goes back and then maybe they get on and momentum changes again, but it's not like basketball where LeBron James can run a whole game. Um, And it it applies from like the shift perspective on the ice. I think it also applies off the ice. If you have one person who's not buying into, you know, the culture or the standards that you've established for your team, it impacts everybody. Everybody Mm -hmm. feels it. Not -hmm. just that one person.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well and like I mean let's kind of go back to like the the individual analogy that you gave from the very get-go of like having 25 individual players right like I saw this this weekend in our play because we're 11 skaters we skated as a team like in a game for the first time this weekend and I mean it's all about learning as you go for sure in terms of like playing well as a team but I saw a lot of individuals out there throughout those games. And whenever Mm -hmm. I saw those individuals starting to, to show up, that's when the breakdowns happened. Yeah. And when those breakdowns happened, gave the other two team opportunities to capitalize. Right. So like, it's like you said, it's not just on ice. It's not just off ice. Like it happens in both. And I remember when I was playing in university, like when we had really good years in terms of like team dynamic team culture Mm -hmm. i didn't care who was in what position didn't care didn't care who was on the ice because it didn't matter because i knew that everybody was doing their jobs and i had enough trust in each and every single person on that team to know that they had my back i had theirs we all had one another it was totally fine Mm -hmm.
1: yeah 100 and that's the trust piece right Mm. I trust you to show up for me and for us. Mm -hmm. I trust that you will do your job because you are bought in as much as I am. And there's this other thing we've used a lot. Um, Have you ever heard of like emotional bank accounts?
0: I can't say I have actually. So please continue. Educate me, Lauren. Lauren
1: really really cool concept um we showed the girls a video i think it's a football player i don't know it might be a coach but he's talking in a press conference and he's he's talking about like showing up for his teammates and the culture that they have on the team and he said you know one of the one of the reasons why we're able to be so open and honest with each other is because we build up these emotional bank accounts which basically your emotional bank account is like you can put deposits into somebody else's but if you're constantly putting deposits into somebody else's and no one's putting a deposit into yours bank account's going to get pretty empty mm. right but when you have a relationship with your teammates where you're given a little bit you're getting a little bit you're depositing you're investing then it works out then you can have those hard conversations with people You can hold people accountable, maybe to the standards or to your values, to rules, whatever it may be, because there have been moments where they've invested in your emotional bank account. Maybe that's like going out to coffee. That's an investment. Hmm. Maybe it's that little nudge that they gave you on the bench. That's an investment in an emotional bank account. But And one of the problems that we've, well, not problems, but um, unique issues. I don't like that word. I can't find a word for this. I don't know. It's just unique to the fact that we have 18 freshmen and nobody on our team was here last year because it's a brand new team, Mm -hmm. is that everybody's trying to build these emotional bank accounts at the same time.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And nobody has one that's loaded up yet. Normally you've got your sophomores, your juniors and your seniors who all have some buildup in their emotional bank accounts with each other. And then that group of three classes gets to invest in the freshman class. The freshman class gets to invest in, you know, the upperclassmen. Mm -hmm. And you don't have that. So for the leadership group that we have, it's been tough for them in terms of enforcing some of those standards and values that we have because they don't have an emotional bank account yet. And how could they?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. We're in
1: week four of preseason
0: <laughs> that's that's actually that's a very unique situation, actually. Like Mm. I hadn't really considered it in that sense before, but let me give you a little bit of food for thought maybe. And, Mm -hmm. and I understand like these girls are young, you know, like, you know, they haven't had a ton of experience in this yet and that's totally fine. But you know, one of the things that MJ and I are are doing for one of our programs is talking about leadership in general, like what is leadership? And whenever we talk about leadership, we, we talk like, okay, like, it's just a role, right? Like you're in a leadership position. So when we think of that, it's like boss, CEO, CFO, all that good stuff, but leadership isn't a role that's assigned to you. It's a behavior that you can act on every single day of the week. And you don't have to be captain. You don't have to be assistant captain. You don't have to have a leadership role to be a leader in your team. Mm -hmm. And like, that's one thing that, that's always stuck with me because I mean, as a goalie, how often do you see a goalie with a C or an A on their jersey? Hardly ever. Doesn't mm-hmm. happen. Right.
1: I think at one point
0: there was a rule against it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was actually. Yeah. yeah. But like my point is like, you don't really see that so often. So like if, mm. if, if we're identifying, you know, leadership as being a role, then as a goaltender, what hope do I have of ever being a quote leader? Right. So I think yeah. it's also talking about leadership in a more, objective way rather than making it so subjective to that um mm-hmm. and and teaching these girls like you can be a leader you don't have to have an A or C like I was always I always kind of viewed myself as being like an off-ice captain and then maybe it's just because like I'm an old soul and I <laughs> I find that like a lot of the younger girls would just kind of naturally gravitate towards me especially like very specific ones would just like gravitate and we'd like get along super well And I felt Mm -hmm. like, like grandma on the team. Like, I don't know if that makes sense at all, but like I put that level of leadership and responsibility on myself because I knew that I was going to be able to positively impact the young girls that were coming in in a way that would be beneficial for the entire team. And I didn't feel like I had to do that or like, I could only do that with like the written permission of a C or an A on my jersey
1: right and that kind of brings me back to like the whole talk about like the rowing example is that it's so important for everybody to realize that they have impact right so like one of the things that we talked about when it came to respect and trust is that every interaction that you have with somebody is doing one of two things it's either maintaining your level of trust and respect or building it a little bit from that interaction or it's degrading it it's degrading the trust that you have it's degrading the level of respect that you have or that other person has for you right so and I said I know that that sounds exhausting right like going into every single conversation thinking like oh I have the ability to make an impact on whether this person respects me or not it's like no that's not what we're talking about But if you show up as authentically you and as genuine and as being somebody who is invested in building relationships for the sake of the team, people can feel that Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be, tell me your life story and what you're struggling with today. It can be a simple question of like, Hey, how's it going? Did you have an exam today? How did that go? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's the small questions like that, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's not not just, like, talking somebody through any any struggles that they're having. Like, it's remembering that it's somebody's birthday. It's remembering that someone had an exam. It's remembering that, like, okay, you like this certain TV show when it was on yesterday. Like... How was that? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's more than just like helping somebody through the difficult times. It's also I mean, that's important, too. Don't get me wrong. But it's also about making sure that you're there throughout the good times, too. And checking in and saying, like, hey, how are you? Like, how are you actually doing? And whether that's a good or bad answer, then go from there. Right? Like, yeah. I love when people just ask me like, what's going on? Just because like, there's no reason behind it. Like, I just genuinely like want to know what's going on. Or if you like get a text from someone and say like, Hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. How are you doing? Like, what's up? Oh my God. Those are the best. And then I have like a two and a half hour call because I haven't talked to anybody in so long. Right.
1: But I've also gotten to the point now where I start to feel that way when I do it for someone else. So if I think about somebody and I'm like, oh, I should reach out to them. I haven't talked to them in a while. It makes me feel good Mm -hmm. because I understand what that action or how that action has the ability to impact that person's day. Mm -hmm. I'm not, and it's not conceited, right? I'm not saying that like, oh, me reaching out makes somebody feel so great because I'm so great. It's no, I know how it makes me feel. Mm -hmm. And if it makes me feel good simply to have somebody acknowledge that they were thinking about you and want to know how your day is going, why wouldn't that apply to somebody else? Mm -hmm.
0: So, okay, let's kind of get down into like the brass tacks of it then, right? Like when we can sit here all day long and talk. No taxes, please. I don't like talking about taxes. You know what? I don't like talking about CERB because the government just came after me and said, you have to pay back your CERB after two years. (laughs) <laughs> that's always a nice one to get. Um, yeah. but, but anyway, um, let's, <laughs> let's get down to the wire on this then. Like we yeah. can talk about the importance of, okay, like the trust and the respect portion. And like, you don't always have to be friends, but making sure that you're teammates and like, how is it that we can build better relationships and stuff? But okay, let's go into this, right? Like, like you said, you have 18, 18 freshmen on a team. Like that's a lot to handle. And I'm sure they're also all going through a lot like mentally and emotionally because they've one transitioned to like a new new phase in life they're in a new team with new people like there's just so much being thrown at them that they have to adapt to along the way right so like what is the best place to start when it comes to building those relationships with one another and whether that doesn't just have to be in like a team dynamic i guess that can be like genuine right like You don't always have to just be hanging out with the people on your team. There's people outside of uh, the women's hockey team, although you might not think otherwise. I know that wasn't always my experience, Um, (laughs) but it's true though. Like there's so many things outside of your team that can be offered to you in terms of like building like relationships with people.
1: Mm Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like a hundred percent, right? Like, what do you what are you interested in outside of hockey? I think it can always be a great experience to have another outlet, to have something else that you're passionate about, or you have something else in common with those people that are also doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, when I think about teams and how teams normally get started, when it comes to this relationship building phase one of the first things that at least every team that I was on, one of the first things we talked about every single year was like, what's our team goal. Mm -hmm. Right. And even though it might not have been acknowledged, I think that that's like a good way of, or it's not a good way because again, it's not acknowledged that it's doing this, but it's finding the common goal between everybody.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Right. And if you understand, I think that, each one of these relationships is being started in service of that common goal and that you have something shared between you and every other person on that team, it makes establishing those relationships that much easier Mm -hmm. because you have that commonality. Mm -hmm. Once you start with that one common thing, then you can start to get into the deeper stuff. Like, you know, having, the same number of siblings, having dogs, having cats. Are you a cat person or a dog person? Like we had a debate about that for a week here. And just like having, and one girl was like, look at how much of a cat person I am. She wore cat socks at the gym. Like, <laughs> it's great. Um, but you have to start with like some point of common ground. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that as coaches, you know, traditionally in the past, we've talked enough about how the team goals can serve as that common ground for a lot of people mm-hmm. because like everyone's coming from a different area of life. Maybe they really don't have that much in common. Mm-hmm. And that's okay too. To yeah. Like, absolutely. You can still be great friends
0: with someone you have nothing in common with. Oh Lord knows I have. So I can <laughs> yeah. for sure. And I think like another big one is, I mean, every year we always had team bonding, team bonding weekends, yeah. like, i remember we went to like i think it was like lake yoho or something like that and we had each like we our team was put into like four smaller teams and we had these different challenges that we had to do um Mm -hmm. we had to like go kayak around a buoy with like our partner and back and and all these like other crazy things too we did like um oh what is the one where like you have to like pick a thing out of a hat and then act it out yeah we did that one um And I know like even in my freshman year, we did um, the amazing race and that was such a fun one. Like we went all around the city trying to like, you know, get it, find a picture of like a spiral staircase and take a photo of everybody on top, like, you know, like these like just, just ridiculous things. And we had such a great time. And I think doing things as a team outside of your sport like you said you guys went boxing the other day like doing something like that that creates bonds outside of just hockey it creates things for you to talk about and then you can also find out what other people's interests are maybe you end up finding out that you have an interest that you weren't aware of before right like it just creates all of these other different points of interest and commonalities and also differences too that bring people together because it's not just like the similarities that bring to get, bring together connection. It's, it's the differences as well. Right.
1: Yeah. And all of these events are ways of building up your emotional bank account. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep going back to that shared experience. That's an investment into your emotional bank account. Like we've, we did a, we did a scavenger hunt with our kids too. And, for like the next couple of weeks, they would talk about and reference things that had happened on the scavenger hunt. It creates common experience. It adds to your emotional bank account. Like it's just, you have to invest in each other a lot in those first few weeks, I think. Um, And finding ways to do that, creative ways, fun ways. um, Ways that like maybe for the first little bit are within a lot of people's comfort zone. Mm-hmm. because you know if you throw way too much at them too early if the trust isn't there if the psych safety's not there oh my god when I was in high school you could not have paid me to get in front of a new team and act out a charade scene like mm-hmm. I would have quite literally passed away from embarrassment I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> um but like yeah I don't know I just think it's like we don't, we do not invest enough time into the development and the um, fostering, caring for Mm -hmm. team dynamic. We just kind of expect it to fall into place and
0: doesn't always. (laughs) Well, and I think part of the reason is because like a lot of, maybe not like younger coaches, because I think we are starting to see like trending upwards in terms of, okay, like how is it that we build like a great team culture and environment here, but in terms of like maybe the uh, the old school guard, it's uh, a little bit outside of their comfort zone and it feels like it's not something that they can control or, nor that they should control. So they just kind of let it go under the rug and don't really worry about it too much. But, um, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I think it goes without saying that time is probably one of the best teachers and, and yeah. that's unfortunate at times for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. But we do have a lot of experience from our own like personal experiences, but also from like seeing the teammates that we've been with and the coaches that we've had and their experiences that they've talked with us about and shared and that kind of stuff that we can, you know, kind of formulate, okay, like these things seem to be working and these seem to be very helpful for me versus this was very unsupportive, very unreliable put me in a very bad space, you know, like what are the do's and don'ts kind of thing. So like we can talk to coaches who might be listening to this now and say, this is your job. Like you might not like that building a, a culture or a team with good culture and good environment isn't your job, but it is. Yeah. And to that,
1: I say, just, just watch Ted Lasso just watch it. If you haven't watched it yet, I highly encourage it because that's like the whole basis of the show. The guy doesn't even know how to coach the sport that he's hired <laughs> to coach. And you see a total transformation of that team simply because of the investment that occurs into the people mm-hmm. and into the relationships on the team. Um, yeah. So if you haven't watched it, watch
0: it. I'm going to have to go and watch it because I don't think I've I've watched it
1: taylor it's so good oh my god i'm a busy gal i love that show so much
0: all right maybe that'll be on my weekly to-do list here and i can report back next week that i have watched ted lasso
1: seriously please
0: i'm not yet in the coaching all of your
1: downtime and call it professional development you're watching ted lasso (laughs)
0: I'll put that on my, uh, my invoice for the week too. (laughs) professional development. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. No, I think this is super helpful. So if there's like any coaches listening and maybe they're struggling with, you know, the team dynamic or understanding, like maybe better strategies and tools for helping build, you know, a strong, um, supportive environment within their team, you know, um, we always encourage you to just reach out, ask questions, whether that's on Instagram, via email, you can always look down in the show notes. We've got both of those attached in there for your convenience. Um, and yeah, you know, as always, uh, we always like to leave with a, a little ask that if you found this episode of value, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, please go ahead, leave us a rating and review on Apple or Spotify, because this helps with the algorithm. It pushes our show to more listeners, just like you, whether you're an athlete or a coach, whether you're in women's hockey or in a different sport, Um, we want to be reaching as many people and impacting as many athletes and coaches as we possibly can. So we would be forever grateful if you would just go take a couple minutes and leave us a rating and review.
1: Yeah. Um, And as a side note, We have just, Taylor's too humble to say it, but we have just launched a aspiring leaders course here. So if you are, you know, feeling some of these things, like maybe you're not sure how to do this or how to lead a group of people and create a cohesive unit, taking a course and learning from other people and people who are experts in the field is a great place to start maybe watch Ted Lasso first. That's one. And then one <laughs> A is check out our course for aspiring leaders, because I think it's, it's an awesome opportunity.
0: Oh, thanks. You're right. I am too humble to pitch it myself. So good job. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. On, uh, on that note, everybody, thank you again for listening as always, and we will see you next week.